WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Welcome aboard. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch bright and early at 6 as we give you our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, a deputy shot and a man killed in a Brevard County gunfight. Details in one minute. The cowardly cop from the Parkland School massacre arrested. You be the judge on his fate next on Good Morning Orlando. A sheriff's deputy is wounded and a man is dead following an exchange of gunfire in Brevard County. The deputy responded last night to a disturbance in India Atlantic involving the feeding of feral cats. Sheriff Wayne Ivey says a man involved in the altercation became agitated and went behind a vehicle where the deputy heard a rifle being charged. The gunfire started, the exchange started. Our deputy was able to get off several rounds, uh, do a tactical retreat to try and get cover. Uh, the gunfire lasted long enough for our deputy to expend all of the rounds in one of his magazine, reload, and re-engage the, uh, the suspect. During the gunfight, the deputy sustained multiple wounds with the man with the rifle being killed. The deputy is hospitalized in serious but stable condition. No arrests are reported in connection with a shooting in Pine Hills that left one man wounded. Orange County deputies found a 21-year-old man with a gunshot wound in the 5400 block of Silver Star Road yesterday afternoon. He is hospitalized in stable condition. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A jarring announcement during Tuesday's meeting of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High Public Safety Commission, the school's resource officer on the day a shooter killed 17 people, arrested. We have just arrested Deputy Scott Peterson, seven felony counts, four misdemeanor counts, and one count of perjury. Parkland parent Max Schachter. He couldn't have saved my little boy Alex, but I know that if he had gone in, he could have saved those six people that died on the third floor. Lori Alhadef agrees. He needs to serve a lifetime in prison. Ryan Petty lost his daughter, Elena. Can't explain how anyone can stand behind a pillar for four 48 minutes while innocent children and teachers are being slaughtered. If convicted on all charges, Peterson could face a century behind bars. I'm Al Lewis, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Much more on this and the prospects of a conviction. And of course, we'll be taking calls on what kind of penalty our listeners think should be assessed in terms of prison time against one Scott Peterson. It's our hottest topic of the morning. Alan, we'll get right to it after the news. All right, bud. There's more proof of Central Florida's economic growth. Orange and Osceola counties announcing increases of a combined 20% in total market value. Orange County's tax roll now stands at over $206 billion, while Osceola's is at $28 billion. President Trump is wrapping up his state visit to Great Britain. Trump will be on hand for D-Day commemoration events in Portsmouth today. Meanwhile, a woman popping a giant balloon depicting President Trump as a baby is fueling tensions in London. People protesting President Trump's visit to London were tending to the balloon when a woman stepped up to it. Video from the Sun tabloid shows that woman piercing the balloon. The president of the United States is the best president ever. Then she seemed to taunt the protesters. Donald Trump's uh, balloon is not very well. The video then shows officers confronting the woman. I'm not dangerous. Look at the police. The police are coming after me. Stop it. The Trump protesters carrying the balloon attributed the woman's actions to what they call her far-right inclinations. Rob Dawson, Fox News. 
They are losing their minds over there. Sure. Grow up, everybody. <laughs> WFLA News Time is 6.05. The world's, speaking of losing their minds, the world's largest Nutella factory is blocked by protesters in France. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. And good morning to you, Butt-Heading Around Inspector Mike Yaffe and Melissa Fox with you on the 50,000-watt front porch, taking your calls and texts on the hottest topics out there until 9 o'clock. We do have an eye on the D-Day 75th anniversary um, observances, and uh, this is a very big day in the U.K. side of the English Channel at Portsmouth uh, from where the, the troops left a great majority of them uh, to assault the beaches of Normandy and ultimately to take down Nazi Germany 75 years ago. And some of those proceedings are already underway. We are monitoring the network line, and uh, we'll let you know exactly what is happening there. You know, all of those protesters against Trump, I mean, I think he's the best news they've ever had in terms of the alliance with Great Britain. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. The crowds were not nearly as massive as uh, as they had uh, claimed that they would be floating the balloon is just it's juvenile it's it's outrageous it's stupid you know i also wish on the other side of the ledger that a president would have a problem you know with acknowledging the fact that there were crowds of protesters you know and celebrate their freedom of speech and whatever and tell them hey listen i'm good news for you and so is the united states uh, but at any rate, there we go. In a moment, though, Alan, you set the table on the arrest of Officer Scott Peterson. Emotions are running high, um, and we're going to talk about this in a moment. You're going to hear from Peterson. You're going to hear from uh, another one of the uh, grieving parents here. And uh, I've been doing a lot of reading. I'm not a lawyer, though I wanted to be at one point. And it is not at all a slam dunk that there will be a significant conviction here, according to legal experts. We'll get to it in a moment, okay? All right, and we'll get to an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. 6.07 on Good Morning Orlando. Checking headlines for you right now. The Biden campaign is admitting it left several citations out of the final version of the 22-page climate change plan former Vice President Biden announced on Tuesday. It added those citations in an updated plan, but the plan has some passages that appear to have been previously published. Biden's first attempt to run for president ended in 1987 in no small part because of plagiarism in his speeches. And the issue is back 30-plus years later. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories for you. And good morning, Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So as Alan told you, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School resource officer, Scott Peterson, by the way, who had an exemplary 30-year record. He's 56 right now is facing charges that could put him behind bars for the rest of his life. You know, with a maximum sentence on all of the charges, if there were convictions on all of them, of close to 97 years. He's age 56. Um, 
just by way of, of further refreshing you on where this came from, and this has been largely out of the headlines for quite a while, all of this occurred, the massacre, 14 months ago on Valentine's Day 2018, 17 dead, 17 wounded. And the video shows um, Peterson taking a position um, near a couple of the buildings at the, at the high school and staying there for more than 45 minutes. And an arrest warrant affidavit, authorities say the gunman killed five students and one teacher and wounded three students and one teacher after Peterson arrived at what's called the 1200 building and then moved 75 feet to another position. He never went in. Um, He defends himself here, and this is an earlier interview with NBC News, Broward Sheriff Deputy Scott uh, Peterson on why he didn't go into the school to confront the shooter. He is responding here to a question you will hear from a reporter. I'm a parent whose child died in that building. If you do think there's a shooter inside, why aren't you going inside? Well, because Savannah, I didn't know if it was in there. I didn't know if it was outside. Why not check it out? What I was trained is you contain the area. Scott Peterson. Now, he's being charged with multiple counts of child neglect because he had kids he was responsible for, and he did nothing to save them. More on what the legal experts say in terms of how well that might or might not hold up in court. But there are people out there who totally, understandably, you know, want this guy's head. And short of that, want him behind bars for the rest of his life. Here is a mom of one of the students killed. Her thoughts on Scott Peterson. I texted my daughter, Alyssa, and I told her to hide, that help was on the way. Peterson was that help, but he froze and he failed us all that day. He was supposedly the good guy with the gun that was to go in and engage the threat, and he let us all down that led to the death of 17 people. You know, and I mean, the motions are running high, and I imagine they are among you as well. You tell me. You be the judge, as we do this periodically on major cases. If you're the judge, based on what you know, what happens here? You're the judge and jury with Peterson. He's convicted. How many years do you think he will serve? How many do you want him to serve based on what you know? 407-916-5400, toll-free 866-916-5400, text line 23680 there, standard message and data rate supply. You tell me, your reaction to the arrest of Scott Peterson, multiple charges could put him away for up to 97 years. One of those charges is perjury, and that's because um, the warrant says that he knowingly made false statements to investigators by saying, among other things, he only heard two or three shots when he arrived at the building when gunfire was going off all over the place and was clearly audible to anybody that close to the school. Perjury could put him in jail for a year with a $1,000 fine. All the child neglect charges added together could put him behind bars for a maximum of 97 years. Most legal experts I've been reading... I think it's far from a slam dunk that there will be anything more than a perjury conviction here. Because the others are just going to be very hard to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Legal experts saying that to make these charges stick in what really is an unprecedented case in many ways, the state under Florida law statutes 
must establish that Peterson, as a caregiver of the students, was actually a caregiver of the students. That's how you prove child neglect. Didn't provide the care. Prove he exposed them to harm through his inaction and prove he did so as a result of reckless disregard for human life. Um, Some legal experts are saying, you might agree, Peterson had a moral duty to go inside the building as the kids were being shot. Charging Peterson on the assumption that he could have made a difference in the loss of life rests on him being in the correct place at the right time and getting there and successfully firing shots. And that is 100% speculation. Again, we're talking about how it might proceed in court. I can tell you that the lawyer for Scott Peterson, Joseph DeRuzzo III, says the charges appear to be a thinly veiled attempt at politically motivated retribution against Mr. Peterson. There is public outrage, and in the lawyer's view, he is being inappropriately and excessively charged in response to the negative public opinion and the outrage against Officer Scott Peterson. And that, you know, he's happy to defend him and believes he will be largely exonerated. He's the cowardly cop. I have no doubt in my mind about that. But I have serious doubts that when all is said and done in court, that they will get him on these child neglect charges. I can tell you also in a moment that police are very, very concerned about a precedent being set here for cops with kids in their charge anywhere. You tell me. You be the judge and jury. What happens to Scott Peterson? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. We'll get our team involved in this in just a moment. This local headline for you right now. A man is suing Orlando police over what he calls a vicious and brutal arrest. Noel Carter filed the suit this week against the OPD and Mayor Buddy Dyer on the fourth anniversary of his arrest. He claims police used excessive force when they kicked him, pepper sprayed him, and tased him repeatedly. Carter was convicted of battery on a law enforcement officer and resisting without violence. Updates at least every 10 minutes for you on our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Good morning, Orlando. We're talking about the arrest of uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, a resource officer, school resource officer, uh, Deputy Scott Peterson, uh, facing charges, mostly child neglect, that could put him behind bars if there were a conviction on all the charges uh, for nearly 100 years. Police are concerned. Uh, the head of the police union down in Broward County says, and raises an interesting question that is thought-provoking. Because, I mean, I share the outrage I guess this guy's standing outside there when he's an armed officer who was there for the very reason, uh, for one reason, and that is to protect kids in a mass shooting situation and staff as well. And he stayed outside, and I think his defense is lame. But the police union head poses this question. Does this mean that every police officer from now on who works a detail where kids are present 
are now subjected to child neglect charges if something tragic happens. I think the cops are really worried about this here. Um, what is justice for Scott Peterson? Yaffe, thoughts on that? You know, I mean, I'm like most people where I want to see him go to jail for a long time because he was a coward. But I have to say, I don't think he will. I think it'll be perjury, and that's pretty much it. These other charges, I just don't know of any precedent of this in any other case where they could look back and say, well, here's an example where we charged a cop of this, so we're going to do it here. I just don't think that exists out there. And there is no way to prove, and this is what his lawyer will run with in a courtroom, I guarantee you. There's no way to prove that he could have saved lives. He had a shot at it, not on the first floor because the deal was largely done when he showed up. That's the reason you need teacher's arm, but that's another topic. Um, third floor could have bounded up the steps, they say, his critics, the prosecutors, and he, and he could have saved some lives there. But you don't know that he could have. Can he go to prison for a long term or any term when it's impossible to know if he could have saved any lives? My thoughts on this are, did he hold back other police officers from going into the building? Because that seems like that's part of the accusation of, of the arrest yesterday. Yeah. So if he, if he um, thwarted, if you will, other police officers and responders from going in, then yes, he needs to be held accountable even more so. He had one job, and that was to protect our kids. He didn't do that, period. I think Carl's going to strike a similar theme to the one you just did, Melissa. Let's bring him on now from Titusville. Good morning, you're on. Good morning, Orlando, Carl. Thank you for listening. We appreciate the call. Yeah, hi, bud. Yeah, I was living down that area. I worked in the Sunrise at that time when all this was going down. And I talked to several borough deputies on it. Some said he was following directions, waiting for other cops to show up. But, you know, I, I truly believe if I got, if I if we're paying for him to be in there to protect our kids, he should have done his job. If I don't do my job, I'd be fired. All right. The question to you is, what is justice? Conviction for 97 years in prison or what? I'm not sure 97 years, but I mean, definitely a lot longer than one year. Because All right, got it. Thank you. I didn't mean to cut you, but I got to go to the text line because we got news coming up. Thank you, Carl. Call again right now to the text line, gang. What do you see? Yeah, one person says, I believe Peterson will only get convicted for perjury, but then asks, why does Israel get a pass? It was his policy that directed Peterson to only contain the area. Yeah, that's Scott um, Israel, who was the sheriff down in, uh, in Broward. And uh, DeSantis moved him from all, removed him from office. Right. Yeah, I'm what actually else? very excited about this because if it sets a precedent, then they can come back and talk about what was going on here at Pulse Orlando. But that's another story. Okay. Um, yeah, another person says, uh, I think he should get conduct unbecoming of an officer, stripped of any and all titles and any benefits to include any type of pension or anything else. I can only imagine if I was a parent of one of the children who died at uh, Parkland, and yep. we've heard from some of them who have said, I think he should spend the rest of his life behind bars. Oh, yeah. I would feel the same way. Yeah. I want him to rot in hell, you know, and in jail first. Yeah. Yeah. Quick comment from Ralph just before the news with Alan. Uh, good morning. Welcome in from Osceola County. Good morning from St. Cloud, Ralph. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. My view is that he will not be convicted, but those lawyers will drain every penny he has. Now, if you're a police officer and your job is to guard children, you will die right there. That's what we expect. Thank you and have a nice day. More calls and texts coming up because we're going back on this topic later in the show. Bottom of the hour, Alan. Folks tuning in. 
What's going on in the news? New restrictions on travel to Cuba, bud, and why it might smell like smoke in Orlando. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 6.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Alan's here with the news at the bottom of the hour. Interesting story relating to Cuba that will impact a significant number of folks, I suspect, right here in Florida. It'll be harder for Americans to travel to Cuba. Under new policies just announced by the Trump administration, gone is the Obama-era policy that allowed more Americans to visit the island nation. Thousands of people took advantage of the people-to-people program that let Americans fly direct or cruise to Cuba, but now even stricter rules could follow. It is sort of a retro. retro. We're going back in time to at least pre-Obama, maybe approaching the the Reagan Cold War days, in fact, at, at the pace we're going. UCF professor Aubrey Jewett says the U.S. wants to punish Cuba and starve it of American dollars because of its support of brutal regimes in the Western Hemisphere, especially Venezuela. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Drought conditions are prompting Seminole County to enact a countywide burn ban. The ban prohibits all outdoor burning that has not been specifically permitted by the Florida Forest Service. That includes bonfires, campfires, and the burning of yard debris. Any person who violates the burn ban can be jailed for up to 60 days, fined up to $500, or both. Now, if you've been smelling smoke in the Orlando area, it's likely coming from several prescribed burns. There are two such controlled fires in Brevard County, one just west of Vieira, another just north of Felsmere. Another controlled burn is south of State Road 528 and east of State Road 520 in South Orange County, just north of the Osceola County line. The method a former Florida governor used to keep his business interests private will soon be illegal. Governor Ron DeSantis has signed a bill to keep elected state officials from using blind trusts. Former Governor Rick Scott was the wealthiest governor in Florida history and used one to keep his investments and business interests out of the spotlight. I have no knowledge about what he did, but, you know, I read the legislation. I think it makes sense, and so I'll sign it. Scott, now a U.S. senator, argued that putting his assets with a trustee shielded him from conflicts of interest. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. The home of Orlando City Soccer now has a name. It's Exploria Stadium. Claremont-based Exploria Resorts purchased naming rights for Orlando's soccer stadium. The company operates a handful of hotels and resorts primarily on the East Coast. The NBA Finals hit the hardwood in the Bay Area tonight for a Game 3 tiebreaker. The Golden State Warriors are back on home court at Oracle Arena, but they'll enter Game 3 without the likes of Kevin Durant and Kevon Looney, and potentially Klay Thompson, who's battling a hamstring injury. I think it's uh, just on when I have to stop on a dime or make hard cuts, you know. That's when you feel it the most. Bumps and bruises are tough to overcome this time of year, but Toronto Raptors star Kawhi Leonard says there's really only one thing that should sideline a player during the postseason. If you can't run, then you're not going to be able to play. You know, that's how you pretty much measure things at this time. Game three of the NBA Finals tips off tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Raptors and Warriors tied at one game apiece. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. WFLA News time is 6.36. Headlining Florida politics right now, another Republican distancing himself from a GOP lawmaker. Governor Ron DeSantis says the representative, Mike Hill of Pensacola should apologize for laughing at a suggestion that gay people should be executed. DeSantis also says he trusts House Speaker Jose Oliva to take whatever action is necessary. Hill refuses to apologize, and Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith of Orlando is pushing for Hill to be censured. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. traffic. 
This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. So the U.S. Justice Department and the Federal Trade Commission are looking to seriously investigate Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Apple, the four big tech giants, saying that, you know, they squash competition, they are too powerful, they are too dominant. Maybe there needs to be serious regulation, maybe they need to be broken up. You remember Teddy Roosevelt, our president in the beginning of the last um, uh, century, was known as the trust buster. Back then you had the likes of Standard Oil who had, you know, monopolies on on energy or he had and steel companies, Carnegie Steel, all of this here, and uh, and they could charge whatever they wanted. And it got to the point where the government said, I'm sorry, that's not good for the American people, you know, and 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 they busted them. They they broke them up into pieces. We've seen that at various times throughout our history. Most of the time when that go when they play the antitrust card, it is because dominant companies with very little, if any, competition are able to just charge whatever they want for things people have to have. That's where you get the breakups of the big corporations when you look back through history. But I'm telling you, I think the parallels are shaky here. And we'll get Yaffe and Melissa, who are much more high-tech than the Budman on a daily basis, in on this in just a moment. But let me report some of what AP is giving us this morning. Um, they're going to take a look at this in, on an antitrust basis and, uh, and review these companies and see what needs to be done, if anything. Facebook, 2.4 billion users, $56 billion in revenue last year. Federal regulators already investigating the company's privacy practices. A lot of work still needs to be done there. This is a separate issue, essentially, all right, from the privacy. The likes of uh, presidential candidate um, Elizabeth Warren wants the big tech companies broken up. Joe Biden says he's open to the idea because Facebook can squash competitors either by buying them or using their enormous resources uh, to mimic services they offer as it's done with Snapchat, for example. Um, It's interesting, though. Even CEO Mark Zuckerberg is calling for more regulation of Facebook here. But Yaffe, correct me if I'm wrong. Antitrust means, basically, you got a monopoly. You're charging prices through the roof, and we can't have that. Last time I checked, Facebook was free. Exactly right. There's no evidence that they're gouging their customers with monopoly power. It just doesn't exist. I am not in favor of breaking up big tech here. Thoughts on this? Well, it worked for eBay and it worked for PayPal when they spun off and broke up. You know, the investors actually got more money. I, I think oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Were they broken up by the federal government after an antitrust probe? Well, the DOJ and the FTC got involved in that, yes. And they said, you should probably do this. And they went, that's a great uh, idea. Shareholders, a though. A little bit different. They'll but. make the money if you break that up right now. Um, let's nope. take the big four, okay? Let's knock it down the, the rabbit Amazon. hole on eBay here. Okay. Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Apple. Break right. them up? Yes. Why? Well, like he said, like uh, Zuckerberg said, you know, he's he, he's not making it right. It's not making it easy for investors to come on board with Snapchat or with uh, Instagram or any so, of that. So that's because Facebook offers a better product right now that people want to use. Exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. Why will we penalize an American company 
for becoming an enormous success, particularly in the case of Facebook, when they offer the service for free. Yeah, exactly right. There's the fact is that they do have competitive advantage because consumers like them the most, but there still is competition. Facebook competes with LinkedIn and Snapchat, which still exists. Google competes with Apple, also Bing and Microsoft. I mean, Amazon competes with Walmart. We Walmart, can't go down. We cannot go down this road in a free enterprise system of penalizing companies for being successful and responding to customers' needs and being successful because people want their products. You know, that's my thing. I wouldn't break up big tech. I'd be very serious. I'd be very, I'd, I'd want to look very seriously at, at whatever penalties you would want to put on them as well. I don't think it's analogous to what went on 100 years ago with Standard Oil and Teddy Roosevelt, for example. Where are you on this? Is there any reason to break up the big tech companies? A little more on the Google and the Apple and the Amazon angles on this in a moment. But what do you think? Congress and the federal government looking, you know, very seriously here at the power and the dominance of the big tech companies and talk of breaking them up. Do you support that? If so, why? If not, why? 407-916-5400. The tech line is text line 23680. In a moment, back on breaking up. The big tech giants, do you favor it or not? We're talking right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now, we are watching the network line and live from Portsmouth, England, where all the troops took off to assault the beaches of Normandy 75 years ago tomorrow. The D-Day commemoration ceremony is underway. A high pageantry there and uh, speeches by President Trump and the other allies in World War II, their leaders today, and uh, an appearance by the Queen anticipated as well. We'll watch it for you all morning. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Gaffey and I are not fans of breaking up the big tech companies. They're being looked at seriously in that regard for antitrust violations. Uh, Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Apple. And we talked about Facebook. Uh, One reason you don't break up Facebook is, I mean, the service is free. It isn't like, you know, Standard Oil 100-plus years ago that had a monopoly on an essential product as the automobile came of age, and they could charge whatever they wanted because they had virtually no competition you look at Google, I mean, critics say that their dominance uh, in, 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 as a search engine has allowed them to squash rivals under existing laws. Um, experts say it is difficult to make the case that Google has monopoly power. And, uh, you know, and it, well, there are other search engines. They just don't work as you. good. Exactly right. You know? Yeah, they're being penalized for being successful. That's un-American to me in a free enterprise system, as I said before you came down the hallway from the newsroom, Alan. You're not a fan of breaking up the big tech company? Not really, unless there's blatant uh, violations of the law. In terms of Apple, um, uh, the critics say their their pioneering app store has given customers instant access to services that, that entertain, enlighten, and engage, but it's also a place where Apple controls all the access and sets commission rates for subscriptions and other purchases made through the apps. 
you know, that they ought to, um, you know, that they well, ought to be looked into. If you don't like that, you can go get Android. Thank you very much. <laughs> what about Amazon? Well, you know, it started out just selling books online. Remember, that's all they did. I once remember upon a that. Time. Yeah. Those were the days. Yeah, you know, they're now a gigantic e-commerce player with tentacles and everything from web hosting to streaming video to groceries. Yaffe, we talked about it before. I mean, they give people what they want. Great mm-hmm. products for less than ever, much more convenient than hitting them all. The right. mall. And by the way, it's made other companies like Walmart better because Walmart has had to change their stores for the better to compete with Amazon. That's why capitalism and competition works. Yeah, you've even seen Best Buy teaming up in certain aspects with Amazon. However, Elizabeth, not happy with what she's hearing here. Good morning from Orlando, Elizabeth. Good to have you on. Good morning, bud. Thank you. I um I just wanted to say I think y'all are a bit uninformed and maybe even naive. Um, uh, just take Facebook. Facebook has been before Congress several times where they lied straight to the congressman's face. Zuckerberg sat in front of Congress and lied directly to the Congress's face. Well, then why is he um, not in jail? Because they haven't. Because they're ignorant basically, is what it comes down to. Really? Everybody's stupid except you, Elizabeth. With all due respect, why would you break up the big tech companies if that's what you're advocating? I'm I'm getting there. You've got to get there quick. Okay, let's take Facebook. Facebook sells advertisement to all kinds of companies. They also buy up all their competition or destroy their competition. That's the two things. WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. Um, Instagram is owned by Facebook. If Facebook does not like you, they ban you. What about it, Yaffe? Is that reason to break them up? You know, she talked about Facebook does not like you, they ban you. I think a lot of this, frankly, is about politics because they feel like people on the right feel like Facebook and Google are liberal and they're afraid they're too biased against conservatives. And I think that's what drives a lot of people on the right to want to break up big tech. Is Is that where you're coming from, Elizabeth? Partially, let me tell you one more thing. If they they have worked in conjunction, I'm talking about Google, Facebook, Twitter, um, of course, all the ones that any of them own, to ban anyone. And Twitter and Facebook, if you even mention some people's names or some entities' names in a positive light, they will ban you for life. Ban you for life for mentioning a person's name. All right. So, do we need to force a change in these practices, or do we need to break up these companies? I don't know enough about that, but something has to happen. Or- Thank you. I do appreciate it. I've got texters here who are saying, "Absolutely, we got to uh, tear these big tech companies apart." A lot of sentiment coming in on the line there, but we do need to move on. There will be much more time to talk about this topic. It is just beginning to emerge. News at the top of the hour. Alan, what's coming? But a deputy wounded and a man killed in a Brevard County gunfight. And the Parkland school resource officer arrested. Those stories and others and traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 7 o'clock on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. 
Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on kind of a sultry Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic again on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540 and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour a gunfight in Brevard County leaves a deputy wounded and a man dead. More in one minute. We'll catch up with President Trump at the D-Day commemoration ceremonies in the UK. And we'll talk tariffs on Mexico next on Good Morning Orlando. A Brevard County deputy is recovering after being shot in a gunfight. The deputy was confronted by a man with a rifle after responding last night to a disturbance in an Indianic neighborhood over someone feeding feral cats. While the deputy was wounded, the man with the rifle was killed. Our deputy is listed in serious uh, but stable condition. He was shot multiple times during the encounter, and like I said at the very beginning, his statement to me was, I won, and uh, I could not be more proud of our deputy for his actions. That's Brevard County Sheriff Wayne Ivey. A shooting in Pine Hills is under investigation. A 21-year-old man is in stable condition after being shot in the 5400 block of Silver Star Road yesterday afternoon. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The school resource officer seen on video not advancing into the building during last year's school shooting that killed 17 people at Stoneman Douglas High in Parkland is arrested. Former Broward County Deputy Scott Peterson charged with multiple counts of child neglect, culpable negligence and perjury. Lori Aladeff, whose daughter died in the shooting, is glad to see justice finally being served. He needs to go to jail and he needs to serve a lifetime in prison for not going in that day and taking down the threat and that led to the death of our loved ones. Since the shooting, Peterson was fired from the sheriff's office and now faces up to 97 years in prison if convicted on all charges. Talked about this at length in the 6 o'clock hour. We'll get back into it later in the show, Alan. All right, bud. A new space industry company will soon call Volusia County home. New Jersey-based Orbit Beyond Incorporated revealing it will open a manufacturing facility in Port Orange by the end of the month. The company plans to hire up to 50 people to build lunar landers for NASA. The President and First Lady continuing their state visit to the United Kingdom today. They're in Portsmouth, England, marking the 75th anniversary of D-Day. The event being put together by BBC Studio Events, President Trump joining Queen Elizabeth II, British Prime Minister Theresa May, and several World War II veterans. They're paying tribute to those service members who served and perished on D-Day in the effort that began the major push in ending the reign of Nazi Germany. And it's ongoing as we speak. We'll continue to bring you highlights all morning. And President Trump is attacking Bette Midler after she apologized for sharing a fake quote supposedly made by the president. On Twitter, Trump called the actress and singer a washed-up psycho. He compared her to the fake news media, adding she's a sick scammer. She apologized, though. Couldn't he have lightened up a little on her? Apparently not. <laughs> I don't know. Being called a washed-up psycho is uh, lightening up on her. <laughs> Aren't they both New Yorkers? They probably floated in the same crowd. There's got to be some sort of history. Yeah, there has to be a backstory mm. there. Yeah, I'm about to find out what it is. WFLA News time is 7.07. Miami Beach predicted to be 60% underwater by the year 2060. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. 
The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Well, when he's not lighting up Bette Midler on Twitter and Chuck Schumer, whom he called a creep, the president is very dignified in taking part in moving ceremonies in Portsmouth, England this morning. And uh, this is this is the port from where the D-Day ships were launched to assault the beaches across the English Channel in Normandy, France, 75 years ago tomorrow. And... Um, other leaders of the nations who were allies at that point in time are also there, the Queen as well. We will follow it. Big controversy stateside here. As the president says, I'm not bluffing if Mexico doesn't take bold steps to stop the flow of these migrants through their country from Central America and into our country illegally, then we are going to impose progressive uh, tariffs on Mexican goods. And um, the GOP is um, is bolting from the president on this, which is something we have not seen. And we will talk about both issues, Trump-related, as we hop on the Trump train, Alan, in just a moment. And we're just two minutes away from an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, bud. 709 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now, some good economic news up in Volusia County. A new space industry company is going to call Volusia County home. New Jersey-based Orbit Beyond Incorporated has revealed it will open a manufacturing facility in Port Orange by the end of the month. The company plans to hire up to 50 people to build lunar landers for NASA. Updates for you from us here all morning long, at least every 10 minutes on the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio. While Alan was bringing us the news, we were monitoring the network line to Portsmouth, England. The D Day commemorative ceremonies are underway, and they are elaborate and, uh, and, and, and apparently very moving. President Trump with a backdrop of an enormous portrait of um, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, of course, who was president at D-Day 75 years ago. Um, and the president read excerpts from the iconic prayer that FDR wrote and read on the radio as the troops were headed for the beaches of Normandy. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteous of our cause, our sons will triumph. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, the heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And, O Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, and faith in our united crusade. Thy will be done. Almighty God. Amen. I'm getting a chill and goose bumps here hearing President Trump read FDR's prayer tomorrow on our special D-Day plus 75 years edition of Good Morning Orlando Patriots. We will play FDR and whatever you think of him uh, politically, much too liberal for me, you will not find a better speaker among our presidents. We'll have that and the address to the troops 
by the uh, commander, the Supreme Commander, and later President Dwight D. Eisenhower. That and many other patriotic highlights tomorrow on the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Um, here, uh, before he left um, uh, London, President Trump and British Prime Minister May, Theresa May, who leaves office on Friday, on the issue of the U.K. leaving the European Union, Brexit, and how this will play out and how it should play out. I would think that it will happen and it probably should happen. This is a great, great country and it wants its own identity. It wants to have its own borders. It wants to run its own affairs. And I still believe, I personally believe, that it is in the best interests of the UK to leave the European Union with a deal. And I seem to remember the, the President suggested that I sued the European Union, which uh, we didn't do. We went into negotiations and we came out with a good deal. Okay, so we'll see how it goes with Brexit. Now, let's get to the politics here uh, of the tariffs on Mexico that the president says he's going to start imposing next Monday if they do not take strong measures, not dribs and drabs, but serious measures to stop the flow of these migrants out of Central America through Mexico into the United States. They need to step up or starting next Monday on goods coming here from Mexico, a 5% tariff, and it progressively goes up till it hits 25% on the 1st of October. Um, the Republican Party in Congress is, is revolting against the president on this, which is very rare for a president with a tremendously high approval rating among Republicans. They need to watch it on this. I'm not a fan of where they are headed. I understand what the president is trying to do here and he's trying to change the behavior of Mexico. And there are signs very clearly they're beginning to listen to him here. Here is Trump on attempts by the Republicans to block his tariffs on goods from Mexico. I don't think they will do that. I think if they do, it's foolish. Uh, there's nothing more important than borders. I've had tremendous Republican support. And as you know, Mexico called. They want to meet. They're going to meet on Wednesday. Uh, Secretary Pompeo is going to be at the meeting along with a few others that are very good at this, and we are going to see if we can do something. But I think it's more likely that the tariffs go on, and we'll probably be talking during the time that the tariffs are on and they're going to be paid. Tell you, these Republicans, you know, they're all worried about we're going to have a 5% tariff here, and, and that's going to have a total economic meltdown, for God's sakes. They need to ask themselves, and we need to ask them, how important is border security to you? This morning, it doesn't sound very important at all in Congress. In a moment, you'll hear from Chuck Schumer, and you'll also hear from Senate Republican Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Um, listen, the president is trying to change behavior by applying economic pressure here. He ought to be backed on this by his own party, not abandoned. That's my take. What's yours? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. More on the Trump trip and the Mexican tariff controversy as we roll on after an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic just for you here in two minutes on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540 and the iHeartRadio app. 
Headlining our top story and talk topic at this hour, President Trump wrapping up his state visit in Great Britain. The president is on hand now for D-Day commemoration events in Portsmouth today. That's where the troops left to storm the beaches of Normandy on D-Day. He will then travel to Ireland for a meeting with the Irish prime minister, and then he heads for France tomorrow to take part in ceremonies marking the 75th anniversary of D-Day in Normandy. Updates at least every 10 minutes for you on our top stories right here in Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Well, we do have a handle on the backstory of the hostilities between Trump and, and Bette Midler. Thank you, Melissa, for the research to be revealed in a moment. Now I think we understand why the president called her a washed-up psycho in a tweet today. Let's get back to the tariffs on goods from Mexico being threatened by the president. Um, Senate Minority Leader Democrat Chuck Schumer called in a tweet since this comment uh, a creep by the president from overseas, uh, ripping the president on the tariff plan. I have a feeling that this one just popped into his head. It's clear that lots of people in the administration didn't agree, and I, I believe that he will back off when faced with the opposition among uh, business, among his own Republicans, and when he sees what a dumb movie is made. And now there's Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on the tariffs against Mexico. He's not a fan. What I'm telling you is we're hoping that that doesn't happen, and we, we appreciated the opportunity. We spent almost our entire lunch talking to representatives from the White House about this issue. I know the Mexican delegation is here. Apparently, these talks are going well. McConnell says he sees little support for the tariffs against Mexico among Republicans in the Senate. And my question is, what's going on up there? I get it with the Democrats. They're all about resisting and destroying Trump. We get that no matter what he wants, they don't want. But the Republicans... I mean, they've been screaming about border security. He's had good support on border security, not necessarily the wall, but other forms of border security within his own party where he is very popular, like, you know, 85 90% approval rating here, and he can't get support on such a vital issue. There's a bunch of wimps and weasels up there in the Republican Party. Mm. In the Yes, 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 yes. Because a 5% tariff is not going to cause an economic calamity. Well, and it the could Mexican, go up to 25%. It could. Lots of things can happen. The sky can fall at 10 o'clock this morning. But I think he's just saying, come on, Mexico's already, the president's already talking about, yeah, we're going to do what you want. But he's got to put the hammer down to get action. He can't get any help from Congress on anything related to border security. What the heck's he supposed to do for the people he was elected to serve in this country, Mike? Well, a lot of people are upset at the tariffs because they think it could hurt us economically. It wouldn't yes, just it hurt Mexico. It would hurt us as well. Also, a lot of people don't think Trump has that authority. This is a misuse of presidential authority implementing tariffs for something that's unrelated to trade. So I kind of understand their concerns, honestly. How is this not related to trade? It because is, well, it is tied border, into trade. No, border security is a separate issue than trade. Mm. Yeah, but but here's the deal: if you if you hit, we can handle a we can handle a tariff war with Mexico for crying out loud. 
a lot better than Mexico can handle it with us. And their president down there, Arbador, already is reacting to this. They've got meetings going on today. But the president wants to keep the pressure on, wants to keep the hammer down. For God's sakes, could we have a little support on what is a preeminent issue for this president and supposedly the Republican Party securing the border? Well, I think there are two things can be true at the same time. You cannot support the way he's doing it while also supporting border security. I think they're cutting his legs off. I really do. Um, anyway, uh, listen, we have anybody reacting to this on, t- uh, on, um, on well, Twitter? A lot of them, a lot of the textures agree with you. Uh, they say, uh, mostly the reason why the Republicans are revolting against president Trump is because both Democrats and Republicans get money from the chamber of commerce, meaning that, um, they're rhinos who support open borders. Hey, Alan, you yeah. were, uh, we were here when we had the, um, the tweet, you know, Against Bet Bet Midler said, you know, she's a washed up psycho, and we said there has to be a backstory. Melissa found the backstory here. This goes back a while. Uh, Bet Midler, the Beaches star, and you know, still on Broadway right now, um, ripped Melania Trump, um, and 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 posted last year a shot of her in a uh, in a pretty risque outfit when she was a supermodel back in the year two thousand, and mocked the first lady. That will get the president on your case. And apparently it goes all the way back to 2012 when Mittler made fun of Trump's hair and claimed he was ruining New York. <laughs> so there you go. Wait. He made fun of his she made fun of his hair. Well, that's going too far. That's that's not the first time that she's actually gotten in. I believe this feud goes way back almost to the year 2000 when she first started messing yeah. with him. Well, that, that's what I said. Her comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. It's her comedy. That's it. It's okay. funny. Uh, so she's now she's now wearing the washed up psycho label, and we'll see where it goes from here. Also, a sick scammer, according to a the what? president. A sick scammer. Yes. Ooh, that's in there too, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Whew. Things are getting hot from across the pond. Yeah. Speaking of getting hot, smoke gets in our eyes, and new restrictions on travel to Cuba. Those stories. And our Elsewhere segment and traffic and weather together. All that in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 7.30. My co-host Alan Spector here to bring us the news. One word headline on the first story, smoke. Yeah, Orange County Fire Rescue, Bud, says it got a bunch of calls from people concerned about the smell of smoke. Why am I smelling smoke? But the Florida Forest Service and the National Weather Service say That's the result of several controlled burns. Uh, Two in Brevard County near Vieira and Felsmere and one in Orange County near State Roads 528 and 520 just north of Osceola County. So don't worry about the smoke. And may they remain controlled because sometimes when they get out of control, we have big problems. Yeah, and uh, uh, continuing on this topic, bud, drought conditions are prompting Seminole County to enact a countywide burn ban. Roy O'Neill has more from our newsroom. The ban prohibits all outdoor burning in Seminole County that has not been specifically permitted by the Florida Forest Service. That includes bonfires, campfires, and the burning of yard debris. Any person who violates the burn ban can be jailed for up to 60 days, fined up to $500, or both. Rory O'Neill, News Radio 93.1, WFLA. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Trump administration's decision to roll back people to people travel permits to Cuba 
will impact some Florida businesses but should not cause major disruptions. This one will have some small reverberations, you know, not not large ones because Cuba is not a huge part of our economy by any means. UCF professor Aubrey Jewett says that in addition to rolling back Obama-era policies, the Trump administration wants to punish Cuba for its support of Venezuelan dictator Nicolas Maduro. Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott have praised the president's decision, saying it will prevent American dollars from flowing to those brutal regimes. No winner in last night's Mega Millions jackpot, and a lottery winner in North Carolina shares how he won millions. The Mega Millions jackpot grows to an estimated $530 million, but as more people clamor for a chance at more than half a billion dollars, you can bet it will get bigger. In North Carolina, Charles Jackson Jr. says he got his winning Powerball numbers from his eight-year-old granddaughter. We always give her the fortune cookies. And I said, save the fortunes for me, and I look at the numbers on the back of them, I want to play them, and that's where they came from. Those fortune cookie numbers won Jackson last week's Powerball jackpot worth nearly $345 million. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. The NBA Finals move to the Bay Area as the Warriors host the Raptors tonight in Game 3 in Oakland. The teams split the first two games of the best-of-seven set in Toronto. And elsewhere... The beekeeper for the New York City Police Department. You probably didn't know the New York City Police Department had a beekeeper. I missed that. Well, he's chimed in on the San Diego Padres and what they did about a bunch of bees swarming the field during a game on Sunday with the Miami Marlins. A game between the Marlins and Padres was delayed for 30 minutes after a swarm of honeybees was found near the Padres' dugout. Now, the NYPD's beekeeper says... The Padres brought in an exterminator to kill the bees instead of bringing in someone like him to take the honeybees to another location. The exterminator in San Diego first sprayed the bees, then vacuumed up the dead insects off the field. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know they had a beekeeper in New York City. Now we know. I don't think bees would be a threat there, Yaffe, because they can't fly well. They only have left wings, you know? I mean, it's just kind of like hard to get around. <laughs> oh. Pretty, oh. Well, pretty well anchored oh. down. Anyway, go. Oh. what else is going on here? Oh, you've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and we don't know why. <laughs> Follow that. Because I can. Yeah, sure. It's your show. What the hell? No, 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 no. I know. It's just a, it's a team effort here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll all take responsibility for that. I am not responsible. A nuclear mishap equals ratings gold. HBO's miniseries Chernobyl, about the 1986 Russian disaster, is a big hit. The finale aired Monday night. Forbes looked at audience ratings, and they were number one and higher than other acclaimed series like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, and Band of Brothers. And glowing reviews, too. Oh, wow. You are oh, on fire. I get that. No, no, oh, I, I'm I, green with envy. No, I, I <laughs> stop that. I hired new writers over the weekend. I'm just letting them shine a little bit. All right. Let, let's see what you can do with this, big uh, man. Nothing. Uh, finally, <laughs> one Louisiana customer thinks a local Taco Bell running out of tacos is not only a travesty, but a reportable offense. On Monday, the Slidell Police Department said they received a call reporting that a Taco Bell had run out of both hard and soft taco shells. Sharing it as part of a we-can't-make-this-stuff-up story on Facebook, police said they can't do anything about it, no matter how horrible the situation is. It's not clear if the caller will face any consequences. 
Now, this isn't the first person to be upset about limited fast food supplies. Two years ago, a fight broke out at a McDonald's in Indianapolis over the lack of McNuggets. Yeah, we've had people call 911 because they ran out of cheese and the cheeseburgers or something. You know, I mean, it's nuts. It is. People are losing perspective People here. are crazy about their food. They yeah. are. And I've worked fast food, I know. I it's an emergency. Come on. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> you ever play, are we done here? Huh? <laughs> Don't you have an out, like a musical out or anything? Or I, not? I or do, over? but I didn't know if we were story? carrying on about the tacos or, you know, where no, we were headed No, here. I'm moving on to other things here. I, I was waiting for another heading or one-liner. No, here. I, I know. I was too. I'm totally tapped out. Okay. Um. Find, so am I. Find these stories and more on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for Elsewhere. Elsewhere. With... Alan Spector. Okay, and that was it. Did you ever play dodgeball <laughs> as a kid? Yes, I did. So did I. Did you play dodgeball, yet? Oh, of course. How about it, Melissa? It was called Bombardment, but yes. It, the same basic game, yes. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's being called a tool of oppression, and dodgeball must never be played. Believe it or not, dodgeball, a tool of oppression. Well, of course it was. Anybody have a problem with that? <laughs> we'll get Apparently to Apparently you don't. We'll get to the dodgeball story in a moment. It's Bud Zinger. There you go. Right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines breaking news at this hour overseas in the UK. Ceremonies commemorating the 75th anniversary of D-Day are continuing. They've had aircraft flyovers modern jets and and spitfires from world war ii which was the which was the amazing uh, british plane and uh we have had addresses from world leaders in a moment you will hear from queen elizabeth updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories throughout the morning here in good morning orlando WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here on the Wednesday edition of the show as we head into hour number three at 8 o'clock with our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540 and the iHeart Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour a deputy shot and a man killed in a Brevard County gunfight. More in one minute. In a moment, we'll have a live report from overseas on Trump's trip and D-Day commemorations next on Good Morning Orlando. A sheriff's deputy is wounded and a man is dead following an exchange of gunfire in Brevard County. The deputy responded last night to a disturbance in Indie Atlantic involving the feeding of feral cats. Sheriff Wayne Ivey says a man involved in that altercation became agitated and went behind a vehicle where the deputy heard a rifle being charged. The gunfire started, the exchange started, Our deputy was able to get off several rounds, uh, do a tactical retreat to try and get cover. Uh, The gunfire lasted long enough for our deputy to expend all of the rounds in one of his magazine, reload and re-engage the the suspect. During the gunfight, the deputy sustained multiple wounds and the man with the rifle was killed. The deputy is hospitalized in serious but stable condition and told Sheriff Ivey, quote, I won. No arrests are reported in connection with a shooting in Pine Hills that left one man wounded. 
Orange County deputies found a 21-year-old man with a gunshot wound in the 5400 block of Silver Star Road yesterday afternoon. He is hospitalized in stable condition. The news is brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A jarring announcement during Tuesday's meeting of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High Public Safety Commission. The school's resource officer on the day a shooter killed 17 people arrested. We have just arrested Deputy Scott Peterson, seven felony counts, four misdemeanor counts, and one count of perjury. Parkland parent Max Schachter. He couldn't have saved my little boy Alex, but I know that if he had gone in, he could have saved those six people that died on the third floor. Lori Alhadef agrees. He needs to serve a lifetime in prison. Ryan Petty lost his daughter Elena. Can't explain how anyone can stand behind a pillar for 48 minutes while innocent children and teachers are being slaughtered. If convicted on all charges, Peterson could face a century behind bars. I'm Al Lewis, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Later in this half hour, we'll ask people to be the judge and jury and what should happen to Scott Peterson coming up. All right, bud, there's more proof of Central Florida's economic growth. Orange and Osceola counties announcing increases of a combined 20% in total market value. Orange County's tax roll now stands at over $206 billion, while Osceola's is $28 billion. President Trump visits Portsmouth in the United Kingdom to attend ceremonies marking 75 years since the Allied D-Day invasion of France during World War II. The president reading from FDR's Mighty Endeavor Prayer, which was delivered to the nation as the invasion was underway in 1944. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteous of our cause, our sons will triumph. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, the heroic servants, into thy kingdom. That sound courtesy of BBC Studios events. After the events in Portsmouth, the president will travel to Ireland to meet with the Irish prime minister. Trump will then head to France for ceremonies also marking the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Live report on all of this moments away. Hours after a report that writers for the TV show Empire were brainstorming ideas for Jesse Smollett's return, series co-creator Lee Daniels is disputing that. Daniels telling Variety, Jesse will not be returning to Empire. Smollett, of course, accused of staging his own hate crime attack in Chicago. WFLA News Time 807. Ben and Jerry's wants to chill you out with CBD ice cream. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. A very good morning from all of us. We are so glad you've joined us on the 50,000-watt front porch. We're trying to connect with our man reporting on Trump's trip overseas. So as we set that up, Alan, let me kick it right back to you. Yeah, and that will follow an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It is 8.07. Headlining our top story at this moment on the show, President Trump wrapping up his state visit to Great Britain. The scene has shifted from London to coastal Portsmouth for uh, commemoration ceremonies honoring the 75th anniversary of D-Day. And we're talking about it with you. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories all morning on Good Morning Orlando. Listen to us anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Search WFLA Orlando. 
Working the um, foreign desk for the Trump trip is our good friend, News Radio WFLA correspondent Bill Zimfer. Bill, welcome aboard. You've been keeping track of the ceremonies, five hour time difference there. They've been ongoing since we came on the air this morning in Portsmouth. What can you tell us? Well, those ceremonies have now concluded in Portsmouth, but it really was a uh, stirring ceremony. Of course, uh, Queen Elizabeth, uh, accompanied by Theresa May, the Prime Minister, and President Trump, along with Emmanuel Macron and Angela Merkel of Germany, all taking part in these ceremonies in Portsmouth, which was, of course, the assembly point for the D-Day invasion. Uh, Area Z, as they called it at the time, maybe colloquially known in uh, Britain as they called it Piccadilly Circus, where all of these ships gathered together in order to transport troops and other equipment across the channel for the D-Day invasion. So uh, quite a ceremony that was attended by 300 veterans as well, Bud, the youngest of whom 91 years old, which meant uh, he lied about his age when he joined the military Mm -hmm. in Great Britain uh, at 16 years old. So uh, it was quite a sight to see the veterans there as well. Some of them took the stage for these ceremonies, but those ceremonies have now concluded. President Trump and the First Lady, along with some of the other world leaders, are meeting with those veterans afterward. Uh, and uh, really, again, a, a quite a ceremony taking place today no. in Portsmouth. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I have to think, you know, given their age and how long ago this amazing invasion that changed the world and saved really the world for democracy and our yep. way of life, um, because it set the stage for the demise of Nazi Germany in the end of World War II, uh, probably the last time that they hold one of these big commemorations of D-Day that we will actually have surviving um, members of the military who were a part of that invasion. This may be the last time. It really, it, it really it's, a, it's a good point yeah. because we are losing them uh, very quickly and sure. uh, they're all over 90 years old now. So it was great to see that many in attendance, mm-hmm. like I said, 300 there. So later today to Ireland, then to France. What else do we need That's to know on that score? Yeah, uh, the president will be heading to Ireland uh, shortly, as a matter of fact, where he will meet with the the Irish prime minister later today, uh, and then France tomorrow for Normandy and more ceremonies there on the day that the D-Day invasion actually got underway. So uh, the president, with a full schedule once again, he's been on the move a lot uh, with all of the uh, ceremonies involved in the U.K. involving the Queen and some business discussions with Theresa May, a little bit of a dinner with Prince Charles last night where we are told, Bud, that uh, climate change was a big issue. Of course, that is a, a uh, emphasis for Charles. And the president actually said that uh, it, he was impressed by the passion that Prince Charles displayed regarding climate change. Will it change the president's mind on this? Uh, probably not. But still, uh, Prince Charles got his thoughts across to the president in that uh, in that conversation. And domestic politics very much on the front burner with the president here, who seems to be the master multitasker. He was taking his own party to task for resisting the tariffs on Mexican goods coming into this country that the president wants to start imposing next week on a progressively increasing scale to get Mexico to take bold steps to stop the migrants coming out of Central America to here. 
Yeah, this drew an immediate reaction from Republicans in uh, in Congress. A 5% tariff set to go into effect on June 10th on all Mexican imports coming into this country. That would ratchet up by 5% until it got up to 25% later this year. Unless, like you said, Mexico does more to stem the tide of migrants coming to the southern border. Now, what uh, some of the Republicans had been saying is that, first of all, we're mixing issues here. Immigration and trade should not be combined together. Together, and uh, they are warning that this would be a mistake. Even Mitch McConnell now saying that uh, there is a lot of resistance to these tariffs in the Senate. And uh, there is even some talk of uh, a vote in the Senate to uh, condemn this move by the president and right. try to stop it. John Thune of South Dakota, Bud, going so far as to saying that if this does go through, the Senate may have to look at the possibility of stopping the presidential trade powers that he is now using. All right, it's getting ugly here. He's got a revolt within his own party. We'll see how it all plays out. Thanks for the comprehensive update on the on the Trump trip here. Our news radio WFLA correspondent Bill Zimfer working the foreign desk. We do appreciate you coming on, Bill. Thank you. My pleasure, bud. Right. Now, the other big story with a Florida focus we talked about earlier. We're back on it in a moment, and I'll be taking calls into the next half hour on this. The cowardly cop from Parkland School Massacre. Scott Peterson has been arrested, as Alan has told you. You be the judge and jury. He could go to prison for the rest of his life. What should happen to Scott Peterson? We'll talk about it next. Join the conversation. Bertha, you'll be first. You're already on the line from Deland, but join her and us at 407-916-5400. The toll-free is 866-916-5400. And the text line, where standard message and data rates apply, join us there at 23680. What do you want to happen to the cowardly cop? And that's exactly what he was. And I'm not the only one who thinks that. The video bears it out. Scott Peterson, you be the judge and jury. What do you want to happen to this guy? Right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes, we'll get to it here on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now, the uh, former Broward County Sheriff's Deputy Scott Peterson, who was shown on video during the Parkland Massacre, uh, declining to go into the school to try to save students, facing charges now of child neglect, culpable negligence, and perjury that could send him to prison for nearly 100 years. And we're talking about what justice should be for Scott Peterson with you. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories throughout the morning right here in Good Morning Orlando. Radio is the easy to use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. The investigation showed Peterson refused to investigate where the gunshots were coming from, retreated during the gunfire as victims were being shot, did not move from his hiding place for 48 minutes, and directed other cops who arrived on the scene to remain 500 feet away from the building as the massacre was on. This, a statement from FDLE. What about Broward Sheriff Deputy Scott Peterson, who's now out of a job there, on why he didn't go into the school to confront the shooter? Here is a reporter, and this is some time ago on NBC News, the only time we've heard from Scott Peterson that I know of, posing this question and listen to his response. I'm a parent whose child died in that building. If you do think there's a shooter inside, 
Why aren't you going inside? Well, because Savannah, I didn't know if it was in there. I didn't know if it was outside. Why not check it out? What I was trained is you contain the area. All right, we'll see how that plays in court. Here is the mom of one of the students killed. Her thoughts on Scott Peterson. I texted my daughter, Alyssa, and I told her to hide, that help was on the way. Peterson was that help, but he froze and he failed us all that day. He was supposedly the good guy with the gun that was to go in and engage the threat, and he let us all down that led to the death of 17 people. And I can tell you that uh, Peterson's attorney says he's been way overcharged here, and it is all a response to the public outrage about the video showing Peterson not going in and um, that it is a thinly veiled attempt at politically motivated retribution against Peterson. I've been doing some reading and legal experts, many of them say it's not at all a slam dunk that he's going to be convicted of nearly all of these charges. Perjury for lying uh, about some things, that seems pretty much a lock. That's only a year in prison and a $1,000 fine. But to make these child neglect charges and, and the culpable negligence, which can send him up the river for the rest of his life, to make those charges stick, the state, according to Florida statutes, must establish Peterson as a caregiver of the students. He's a cop, but he is there to make sure we, you know, he can save lives in the worst-case scenario, like a, like a mass shooting, which yeah. happened. Um, but he, that the legal experts say he must be established to be convicted as a caregiver of the students, prove he exposed them to harm through his inaction, and prove he did so as a result of reckless disregard for human life. So there are a lot of people who want his head. There's no question about it. And I feel that visceral reaction, Alan. Oh, definitely. You know, but um, not at all clear that it will turn out that way. You look at the parents, you listen to uh, what they said after uh, Peterson was arrested, and we've heard them call for... Um him to spend the rest of his life in prison, I can only imagine if I was a parent, I would feel the same way. You bet. Let's bring on Bertha, who wanted to get on with us in the 6 o'clock hour, but we ran out of time. Welcome back, Bertha. We promised you the 50,000-watt front porch. What are your thoughts? Good morning, bud. The question I would like to ask, was Scott Peterson equipped to defend himself in the school with the equipment that he had? Well, I'm sure he had what a school resource uh, uh, officer would have, which, which which would be a revolver, I would assume. Okay, can you bring a knife to a gunfight? Okay, this is what's going to happen to these teachers and other resource officers. You can't; these mass shooters come well prepared. So you're well, saying that he ought to have like a semi-automatic, like an AR-15 or something. He, he should have power to defend himself and the kids if you were requiring right. him and teachers to do that. Uh, but don't you think the state and federal government share some of the responsibility? They will not make sure that all the schools, there's money to put metal detectors in schools? Yeah, there isn't apparently enough money to do that. that so, and wait a minute. Before I let you go, I need you very focused here. You're the judge and jury. You be uh, the judge and jury. What happens to Peterson? Well, he can, what you, as you said, he lied. But I'm, I'm focusing on what's Well, just answer happen. the question. How, how much prison time, if any? Maybe a year. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm. Tony, you're on line two. Welcome in from Orlando. Good morning, bud. Hey, uh, you know, this guy's already been removed from his job. He's uh, lost his pension. He has to live with the guilt and, uh, of his cowardly actions that he took. I think we just let him, you know, maybe pay, pay the fine or whatever for the perjury and uh, let him live with the rest of his life because he's not going to be employed. He'll probably end up committing suicide or something like that. 
All right, Tony, thanks. Who knows? You, you talk about him living with his guilt, uh, but I, I saw, I've seen part of that interview that you played a portion of with Savannah Guthrie on NBC News, and he's claiming he did the right thing. It doesn't seem like he feels guilty about what happened. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, you may well be right. Who knows what's inside his head and his heart? But, man, i got to tell you, I mean, he is just he is just vilified. I mean, he is hated at the highest and, level. And you can understand the reaction of those particularly who lost loved ones in that situation. Look at the video, and he's out there, and he doesn't do anything. Yeah, and I was going to say, I think the, his lawyer actually brought that up, that he thinks a lot of this is just retribution and outrage pointed yeah. at someone. Exactly. And really shouldn't be. I think it's going to be hard to try him, you know, to convict him of any of these things other than perjury. I think you're right. I wouldn't be I surprised really if There's just no precedent. If, and there will be hell to pay in the court of public opinion if that's the way this goes down. Texters are weighing in. We got a lot of them. Yeah, one person says this cop should be punished for his actions, but 96 years is a bit much. Another one says, I think there's a law that protects cops from personally being sued for doing a bad job. Peterson broke no laws, just failed the public's expectation of what they think cops should do. And also, and um, I'm not going to be able to get the rest. Well, yes, I will. If you'll stay on the line, we'll do another segment on this right after we get a news update from Alan. It's interesting what the police are saying, the police union down there, the concern they have about a precedent that could be set if we have a major conviction of Scott Peterson. And it's an interesting point worthy of your consideration. We'll get to it. But, Alan, first of all, Got a lot of folks who join us here at their convenience at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour. Let's get them up to date. We've got some new restrictions on travel to Cuba. And why does it smell like smoke in Orlando? Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 830. We'll take more calls and texts on um, you being the judge and jury for Scott Peterson based on what you know what should his fate be? 407-916-5400, the text line 23680. In the meantime, some news of interest here in Florida in particular involving Cuba. Alan? But it'll be harder for Americans to travel to Cuba under new policies just announced by the Trump administration. Gone is the Obama-era policy that allowed more Americans to visit the island nation Thousands took advantage of the people-to-people program that let Americans fly direct or cruise to Cuba, but now even stricter rules could follow. It is sort of a retro. retro. We're going back in time to at least pre-Obama, maybe approaching the the Reagan Cold War days, in fact, at, at the pace we're going. UCF professor Aubrey Jewett says the U.S. wants to punish Cuba and starve it of American dollars because of its support of brutal regimes in the Western Hemisphere, especially Venezuela. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Drought conditions are prompting Seminole County to enact a countywide burn ban. The ban prohibits all outdoor burning that has not been specifically permitted by the Florida Forest Service. That includes bonfires, campfires, and the burning of yard debris. Any person who violates the burn ban can be jailed for up to 60 days, fined up to $500, or both. If you've been smelling smoke in the Orlando area, it's likely coming from several prescribed burns. There are two such fires in Brevard County, one just west of Vieira, another just north of Felsmere. Another controlled burn is south of State Road 528 and east of State Road 520 in South Orange County, just north of the Osceola County line. The method a former Florida governor used to keep his business interests private will soon be illegal. 
Governor Ron DeSantis has signed a bill to keep elected state officials from using blind trusts. Former Governor Rick Scott was the wealthiest governor in Florida history and used one to keep his investments and business interests out of the spotlight. I have no knowledge about what he did, but you know, I read the legislation. I think it makes sense, and so I'll sign it. Scott, now a U.S. senator, argued that putting his assets with a trustee shielded him from conflicts of interest. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. The home of Orlando City Soccer now has a name. It's Exploria Stadium. Claremont-based Exploria Resorts purchased naming rights for Orlando's soccer stadium. The company operates a handful of hotels and resorts primarily on the East Coast. The NBA Finals hit the hardwood in the Bay Area tonight for a Game 3 tiebreaker. The Golden State Warriors are back on home court at Oracle Arena, but they'll enter Game 3 without the likes of Kevin Durant and Kevon Looney, and potentially Klay Thompson, who's battling a hamstring injury. I think it's uh, just on when I have to stop on a dime or make hard cuts, you know. That's when you feel it the most. Bumps and bruises are tough to overcome this time of year, but Toronto Raptors star Kawhi Leonard says there's really only one thing that should sideline a player during the postseason. If you can't run, then you're not going to be able to play. You know, that's how you pretty much measure things at this time. Game three of the NBA Finals tips off tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Raptors and Warriors tied at one game apiece. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. And elsewhere... Hands off, Hannah Montana. I came in like a rainbow. I never hit so hard in love. All I wanted was Miley Cyrus is speaking out about being forcibly touched by a fan. Someone grabbed the pop star by the hair, groped her, and kissed her head without permission in Barcelona over the weekend while she was with her husband, Liam Hemsworth. Cyrus shared a news story about the incident on Twitter yesterday and wrote that a woman cannot be grabbed without her consent, no matter the circumstances. There you go. Tracy Morgan is furious over his banged-up Bugatti. The Saturday Night Live and 30 Rock star was driving his brand-new $2 million Italian sports car in Manhattan when he was hit by an SUV. Video taken after the crash shows Morgan yelling at the SUV driver. The Bugatti had damage to the driver's side, but... Morgan sent out a tweet saying he's fine. About three years ago, Tracy Morgan was nearly killed when his limousine was hit by a Walmart truck. Remember that, yeah. I, I would be upset, too. I would be, too. But isn't it amazing you pay $2 million for a car and you'll still be gridlocked like everybody else yeah. in Manhattan? You know? <laughs> right. Can't buy your way out of that. <laughs> Finally, a cat litter company pledges to donate up to a million pounds of litter to animal shelters. World's best cat litter will donate a pound of litter every time someone posts a picture of their cat on social media along with the hashtag GiveACrap. People can also go to the company's website and wrap a photo in a custom hashtag GiveACrap photo frame <laughs> and share that on social media. For every share of the custom frame, World's Best Cat Litter will donate five pounds of litter. The company's campaign runs through the end of this month, which happens to be Adopt a Cat Month. Where else are you going to get this stuff? I don't know. It's amazing. You I'm, don't have to go anywhere else. Just stay right here. We're all purpose. You can find more uh, on all of these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for Elsewhere. Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. There you go, Alan. Thanks so much. The cowardly cop Scott Peterson has been arrested. He faces charges for not going in to the school in Broward County during the Parkland Massacre, even though he was the armed school resource officer. 
You be the judge and jury. He could go to prison for the rest of his life and then some. What do you think justice would be for Scott Peterson? The lines are filling up. Toll-free still open at 866-916-5400. And the text line is on fire. 23680 there. Scott Peterson, you be the judge and jury. What should happen to him? We'll get to you right after we get to this. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic only two minutes away. Stick around if you can on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. Headlines right now we are talking about Broward County's um, former sheriff's deputy and school resource officer Scott Peterson arrested yesterday facing charges of child neglect in the Parkland School Massacre for not going in to try to save those kids and staff members who were killed. Also, culpable negligence and perjury in connection with all of this could go to prison if he's convicted on all charges for nearly 100 years. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories for you all morning long on Good Morning Orlando. TM Orlando, weekdays 5 to 6 p.m., News Radio 93.1. I can tell you that the um, police union down in Broward County has an interesting question with the charging of Scott Peterson, who was arrested yesterday. Does this mean that every police officer from now on that works a detail where children are present are now going to be subjected to child neglect charges, which carry prison time, if something tragic happens? That's an interesting question, and I think police are justifiably concerned. You have an interesting quick analogy uh, to what's going on with Peterson, uh, Melissa. Put that out. Sure. If a firefighter is looking at a burning building where there's a family inside and assesses it, oh, too dangerous, not going inside. How does that, how does that happen? How do we deal with that? Do we we put the firefighters in prison? For not saving the family? You know, this is a lot of unprecedented aspects, apparently, to this case, you know, and could be precedent setting and taking us in unknown directions. Let's go to the phones. Please be quick and focused. We are almost out of time. 30 seconds or less if you can. Hate to do it to you, but Brad, you're first from Winter Park. Go ahead, Brad. Uh, Yes, I'm with you on the uh, Peterson thing, but the 96 years or 100 years is way overkill. I would never go that far, but I would look into the um, 39 calls on this kid, and he should have at the very least been Baker acted. Yeah, that that, that takes us off on the Nicholas Cruz side of the equation. I understand where you're going there, but I can't go with you because of the clock. But I get your point, and thank you. Steve and Maitland, what about it? Two things, but first off, I mean, this is again, the problem with this is we're violating the Sixth Amendment, right? There's no way he's going to get a partial trial. And second of all, it puts us on a slippery slope. Do we hold every cop accountable for every decision, right or wrong, made in the heat of a situation? And if so, we're coming up to the three-year anniversary of Pulse. Why aren't those officers on trial? Yeah, the split-second decision the cops make, I get it on that. This guy sat outside the school for 48 minutes. I've got a huge problem with that. Thank you. Scott, in Claremont, 30 seconds, please. Yeah, Peterson had more than enough to handle the situation or at least, uh, you know, get it to not be as bad as it was. He didn't have a revolver. He didn't have a knife. He had a semi-automatic weapon. He would have stood a chance to stop it. And, yes, he should be found guilty. I don't know about the 96 years. That seems a little harsh. Thank you. And 30 seconds for our final caller before we hit the text line. Tony, good morning to you from Deltona. Good morning. It comes down to two things. Moral responsibility, which where he gets life, or job incompetency, where he gets a year. That's it. 
Thanks. Appreciate it. Let's clear the phones right now, Melissa. We're playing our sound judgment game for a great prize. If you haven't won in 30 days, you're eligible. Get on the line before everybody grabs the lines. 407-916-5400. We're going out with the game and a great prize. 407-916-5400. Massive incoming on the text line, Yaffe. Any way you can boil this down? Uh, yeah, i got a couple people who think 25 years is the right amount of time he should be put in jail. Another person uh, says, I don't believe he should be put in jail. He is a coward, but he's been fired. He's got to live with this for the rest of his life. Another one lets us know the Supreme Court already ruled that police have no obligation to protect you, only to prosecute those who do you harm. Not at all a slam dunk that um, Peterson's going to be uh, convicted of the serious charges that could put him behind prison for the rest of his life. Perjury looks pretty clear based on some lies he told in the video evidence that contradicts it. I wouldn't be at all surprised there, but that's a year and a $1,000 fine. Don't be surprised if that's how this thing all plays out in court. In a moment, our sound judgment game, 407-916-5400. One line open, and we'll get to it after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes on this Wednesday edition of Good Morning Orlando. Headline of the breaking news we've been following at this hour. Ceremonies commemorating the 75th anniversary of D-Day in Portsmouth, England, including President Trump, have now wrapped up. He is headed to meet with the Prime Minister of Ireland in Shannon, Ireland, then across the English Channel to be part of the ceremonies on the beaches of Normandy tomorrow, commemorating the, um, the massive assault and invasion that set the stage for the demise of Nazi Germany and victory for our side in World War II. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories, and we do it all morning right here in Good Morning Orlando. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. I've got the sound judgment contestants all lined up. Melissa, let's tell everybody what we're playing for today. Well, cowabunga, dude, turtle power and all that. It's a chance for you to win a four-pack of tickets to hang out with the Ninja Turtles and Master Splinter at the Orlando Science Center. It's going to be a great time. Let's just get right to the contest, shall we? Well, it's really great. It's summer. The kids are out. You want to do something with the kids or grandkids? I love you. Take them down for this show and everything else at the Orlando Science Center. If you're trying to get in, the lines are open. Um, a wrong answer, and uh, we'll get you a line at 407-916-5400. Our sound judgment game today spotlights Robert Kraft, the owner of the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots, Melissa and I love. Anyway, it's Kraft's birthday today. Listen to a little sound of Robert Kraft accepting the Super Bowl trophy last February. Then use your sound judgment to tell me how many candles are going to be on Bob Kraft's cake today. Patriots fans, this is your sixth championship in the last 18 years. Truly an unprecedented accomplishment, really managed by exceptional players and coaches to whom all of us forever grateful. That's Bob Kraft, owner of the Patriots, celebrating a birthday today. How old is he today? Line one. 79. No, but thanks for trying. Not bad. There's your open line. Grab it. You can win. 407-916-5400. Line two. How old is Kraft today? 77. No, but that's also not bad. Another open line at 407-916-5400. Line three. How old is Bob Kraft today? Uh, 
Listen through the uh, phone, not the radio. Not working. Okay. <sighs> Line four, how old is Bob Kraft today? 78. Yep, that's it. Born on this date in 1941. Do the math. He turned 78. Happy birthday to the great owner of the great New England Patriots. Congratulations to you. You've won our prize. What do you think? Thank you. My, <clears throat> my kids will love it. Oh, it's going to be a great time. What's your first name, my friend? Bill. From? Claremont. Great to have you on from the hills of Lake County. Hey, don't you go away, Bill. Thanks for listening to Good Morning Orlando, by the way. We appreciate you tuning in. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Don't go away. We're going to do business off air with the Fox, okay? But be wary of her. You never know when she's going to strike at any time. You just can't tell, right? <laughs> that is correct, sir. <laughs> you know from experience, right? <laughs> That's our show for this morning. It's been jam-packed, and you've been a big part of it, and we thank you for that. For the ride home, you tune in for Yaffe on PM Orlando from 5 until 6, and then in prime time on Beyond Reason. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, for Alan, Yaffe, and Melissa the Budman. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.